podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week 19 and you know what that means, it's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. I am your host, Tariwa Chanakera, and I know we didn't have a podcast last week and it's with good reason or bad reason, whichever way you look at it, but we all know the Premier League's been a bit chaotic of late. Games have been put on, games have been taken off, some postponed, some carrying on some applying to have them postponed and getting denied those applications. Um, Obviously, uh, COVID is a huge factor in all of that, or probably the main factor in all of that. Um, First and foremost, just a public safety announcement of hoping that all the players, staff, everyone involved in the football world is doing okay. They're, you know, staying safe and all of that good stuff. But as I said, we weren't able to do a podcast last week. There just weren't enough games that were going on. And in what is starting to become some sort of on-screen uh, midfield battle between me and executive producer Guy Drinkle, and, and I'll get a bit more into that uh, in, in a bit, but you know, we we had the meeting with the suits upstairs. Eventually, the decision got made that we weren't going to put out a podcast last week. We would prepare for a podcast this week. And lo and behold, as we're getting ready to record this podcast on 23rd of December 2021, some games have been postponed already. So you can see it's been a chaotic time. But we're pushing ahead with the podcast, obviously with that caveat. And without further ado, I do introduce my guest for today, um, Mr. Guy Drinkle, executive producer of A Tad Predictable and All Things EPL Index channel. Um, first and foremost, Mr. Drinkle, I know you probably didn't want the podcast to go on last week because you've had a bit of a fixture gate where you're complaining that um, the, 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 the people that set up the roster for who gets assigned games when it comes to Tad and the predictable type episodes that they keep giving you uh, not favorable fixtures. Now, I, I'm quite impressed that I've got more clout with them than you this season, it seems. But first of all, welcome back to the show. And secondly, talk us through this this conspiracy theory that you have. Well, basically, I'm blaming you today because you, you, you passed the message on. Oh, guy, you get uh, Burnley v Newcastle this week. Do you want to talk about it? It's like, no, not really. It's crap. <laughs> uh, and then you, then they felt pity on me. Like, I can't remember what game it was. I'll scroll back up later. I think it was. It might have been Spurs Liverpool. And then there was doubts that game would go ahead, but it turned out to be a good game. To be fair, but I think every other game I picked or was given. Um, Got cancelled, so yeah, it, it was a good one. But yeah, I mean, four four games last weekend. It it would have been a would have been a short pod that one. I think so. <laughs> I mean, when 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 we well, fill look, in the, these the, midweek the games, is, it's going to be a big one. It's it's going to be a big one. And the thing is, you know, if if we do then make predictions, like if this podcast had been recorded before the news of uh, Liverpool versus Leeds being postponed and Watford versus Wolves being postponed at time of recording, you know, we would have, research would have gone into this. We would have obviously given predictions for those. Those then kind of become redundant by the time, you know, the podcast comes out or, you know, if listeners get to listening to the podcast a bit later on in the week, then 
are they just skipping forward on those sessions? There's a whole lot of logistics that go into it. But anyway, Mr. Drinkle, we are here. Um, and I, I was informed that one of the suits upstairs kind of insisted that you were on the show this week to kind of give us a kumbaya moment to kind of, you know, get the harmony going back between me and yourself. Do you feel like we're drifting? What's going on? No, we're good. We're good for now. We'll see on the next Tad and the Predictables if we're, if we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just the messenger. Don't blame me for who gets assigned which right. fixtures. Okay, I, I I just pass on the message. Mm. But we, we, Mr. Draco, we'll, we'll continue on with regards to obviously the chaos that is the Premier League at the moment. Now, some teams are playing, some teams aren't playing, and obviously, you know, this isn't a political podcast, so I'm I'm certainly not going to get into anything political from from the standpoint of what COVID represents for games being called off or, you know, for various reasons. But what's your overall thoughts, you know, as I said, without getting too political, what are your overall thoughts on how the Premier League is kind of handling um, the pandemic at the moment and with the way games, some teams are getting to play teams with weaker teams, um, and, and look, I'll start us off by saying I know the pre- Premier League and, and the, the beauty of league formats is you play everyone twice. Mm-hmm. So it gives that level playing field because you play everyone twice. I've always been of the adage that it's kind of grading it at a curve because, for example, if I played Man United when Solskjaer was there versus Man United when Solskjaer wasn't there, I would fancy my chances playing them when Solskjaer was there. But that's just me. So, yes, you play Man United twice, mm-hmm. but when you play them could be important. And we've seen, for example, with Leeds, maybe as a Liverpool fan, this one might hit close home to you, where Leeds have been decimated with injuries. They've had COVID cases as well. Teams have had to, you know, te- Leeds have had to put out teams this past month of December. They've asked for postponements in games. They've not gotten those postponements. Now they're finally getting a postponement. But as a Leeds fan, would you feel the damage has kind of been done already? What are you feeling? It certainly feels that way. I think it's well, they are kind of being punished. I think Leeds are. I think it's Leeds, Liverpool. I think Wolves are one. Of them. I think they're. I think they're the three that get named every time it's about high vaccination rates. So Leeds are almost getting punished for having a lot of their players vaccinated. Um. And they haven't really been able to, well, not skip games, but um, get any games called off for, for illness and, and, and COVID reasons. But their, their injury list, is, well, I'm looking on premierinjuries.com, it's 11. So that's a lot. <laughs> and that's without listing the people who apparently got COVID. So, yeah, it it, it is a shame. I mean, if I just look at it with Liverpool goggles on, I obviously wanted to play Leeds now because they don't have any players. And we saw... Uh, Arsenal battered him, Man City battered him. But whenever it gets rescheduled, barring AFCON and then an injury crisis, Liverpool should still beat Leeds regardless, let's be honest. But it is kind of annoying from my from a selfish perspective. I, I want It's the perfect time to play Leeds. I mean, you mentioned it there. We just had, Liverpool just played Conte's um, Spurs after... It's not a two-week rest, but... They've had two weeks. I'm not sure if the training ground was closed or whatever. But I think Liverpool played Spurs maybe at the worst possible time, considering they had the wrong in, um, COVID cases with Van Dijk, Fabinho, etc. And then Spurs not rested because some of them have obviously been ill and not been able to train. I think Son was one of them, for example. But they've had somewhat of a break and had more time with their really good manager. So, yeah, I think there's time and stuff. But in terms of how how the Prem... Let, let's stick with the Premier League. I, I did a pod yesterday calling people Tories, but I won't do it on this one. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's... The Premier League, and it, it, it just lacks transparency. It, it really does, like... I it's a bit conspiracy theoryist, but, I mean, Leeds go from having apparently no cases to having a game called off. Like fair enough, if they can't have the if they if it's the injuries that's the problem and then added in with the with the COVID stuff, tell us. You should tell us. And if it if it literally they have no first team players for a mix of that, most people would be alright with that. The injury stuff in a normal circumstances won't come into account, but I mean, 
Um, I saw, I didn't see the press conference, I saw some quotes from Rafa Benitez's um, uh, press conference this afternoon. And he's talking about how they're missing what, five or six players with COVID and they've got nine injured players on, on this list. So it's like, what are what are the um, what are the uh, requirements for a game to get postponed? It just seems like they make it up on a case by case situation. I mean, even if you use one of the bigger teams or one of the bigger squatted teams, Chelsea, that they're missing loads of people for injury, then had COVID. It, it there really needs to be a blanket requirement, and I, and I know it's like whether footballers yada yada yada, but that. I think you should name the people who have COVID. I, I think you should name them. Maybe not prove the test is positive, but I think they should list out who's got COVID and stuff like that. And then, does this meet the requirements? And then, it, it stops all this where, like, an hour before a game's getting postponed, we don't know the reason, we don't know who's got COVID, you don't know how severe it is. So I think I think there just needs to be a lot more transparent, transparency through the league. I, I think they should name the people... Who have it? What staff? What players? Whatever, and then people can clearly see why the game's been postponed, rather than just people going, "Well, I've just travelled from London to Burnley for a game, and it's been called <laughs> off." Yeah, you know what I mean? It's it's really it's really stupid. It, like maybe it's a cl- the clubs themselves need that, but I think the Premier League is the one who decide if a game's called off. That they should be um, communicating with fans. Well, not just of the of the club specifically, but all all Premier League fans. Why why games are getting called off, and it, it's really stupid. It really is, and you know, you mentioned the whole travel situation. It it's chaos for for those that are traveling to go watch games, and I do feel sorry for for people who do make that journey and then turn up only to realize that a game's been postponed. Um, I like the transparency thing that you mentioned. Uh, you know, for those that have listened to the podcast for a while now, know that I'm not only an English football fan, but an American football fan. And with the NFL, they're very transparent. They have a COVID list. You know, players get put on injury reserve. They get mm-hmm. put on COVID reserve as well. Where So you, you know, and it, it, it you know, obviously these are human beings that are being dealt with as well. So there's all of the factors that come with that. But I suppose just from a fantasy football perspective, you know, heading into the week, you know, a player gets flagged as being on the COVID list, which means, you know, either he's tested positive or he's isolating or whatever. I can then make arrangements accordingly. And we won't go into the, the nightmare that has been Premier League fantasy football because that's a whole nother podcast for another day. But at least giving you know, fans that level of transparency of knowing, okay, these are the players that have been, um, you know, that have tested positive or are in self-isolation because of proximity or whatever the case may be. Because, you know, sometimes everyone's getting just painted with the same brush just because you you can't make the game because of COVID, uh, COVID protocols. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have it. It could just mean you're a close contact or something, whatever the case may be. At least give the fans, at least give um, everyone that watches the game a bit more transparency and clarity as to why games are being called off. As I said, it also then depends with the clubs. Like you have certain managers who will want to play the game because maybe it's more advantageous to them to play the game in on that specific day or it might turn out that they don't want to play that specific game on that specific day and what could they do to influence whether the game's not being played or not at the moment as fans we don't know we just get told okay this game's been postponed this game's been denied a postponement um, as we've seen, as you said, with Chelsea previously. And it kind of seems unfair if a team is reaching out saying, guys, we need this game postponed, and then it's just being cancelled without um, the reasons being made public. It, it, uh, I do feel sorry for those clubs as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a lot to deal with. Um, I don't know if it's going to get resolved over this Christmas period alone. It might bleed into January, February. God forbid it goes longer than that. But, Mr. Drinkle, there are games that will be going on well before January, February, because we've got Boxing Day fixtures. Um, 
we mentioned at the start of the podcast, Liverpool versus Leeds has been postponed at time of recording. So has Watford versus Wolves. So obviously we'll leave those games out. And if any other games do get postponed whilst we're recording, we will flag that up. But otherwise, guys, you, you know, we, we, we're going to work with the games that we do have currently scheduled. And we would be starting off with a whole host of three o'clock fixtures. Um, let's start off with Burnley versus Everton. Uh, Burnley have been one of those clubs that haven't been able to play all of their games. Um, they're coming up against an Everton side who they've shown a bit of life. But, you know, looking at the the run sheet here, I see Benitez tested positive, or at least he's gone into uh, COVID protocols now. So he's not going to be on the touchline. Does that impact, you know, your thought process of how this game is going to go? Or, you know, talk me through Burnley versus Everton. I mean, the tra- <laughs> travelling Everton fans might be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's one. That's probably my favorite ever manager. I'm talking about this. That's very <laughs> sad. Um, Burnley are just clear favourites for this game. Everton have no players. <laughs> now, now I know they don't have a manager for the game as well. <laughs> um, yeah, Burnley need to win this game. Obviously, um, the relegation fight is so tight, and Burnley need to get a win. Obviously, Watford not playing, Leeds not playing. They can make up points on them. Um, and you obviously want to build up as much a gap as possible to Newcastle, who we imagine will do do business in, in, in January. And, well, Norwich. I won't badmouth Norwich. You like Norwich. I won't badmouth <laughs> Norwich. Yeah, exactly. But they, they, can over, they can overtake Watford, regardless of games. Actually, Burnley played less than Watford. So, yeah. Um, yeah, big game for Burnley, but... It's not even worth going through the Everton injuries. There's just loads of them. It's basically anyone you think is a starter is probably ill or injured. Um, so, yeah, Burnley not missing too many people. I think Corner is the big doubt. Yeah, uh, and he might have a chance, but Burnley need to take this opportunity. And Yeah, Everton... Everton are strange. Obviously, the game against Arsenal was great, and I can't remember who beat them, but that was bad. And then, was it draw with Chelsea? It, maybe they just like playing the better teams. Um, <laughs> it was Palace who battered them. Um, yeah, it's, I'm going to go Burnley 3-0. A 3-0 prediction for God. That feels weird, but yeah. That's how, I was going to say. Uh, I trust Sean was- Dyche. I'm wondering if, you know, obviously this is a harmonious podcast today. We're trying to get back on a good groove, uh, myself and you. But 3-0 right off the back from from Mr. Draws himself. I mean, that that if you're going to endear yourself to me, that that's a great start. We, we um, move. <laughs> <laughs> we move. I, I mean, look, you mentioned that in, um, Everton's injuries are insane. And they don't have their manager in the dugout for this game. It'll be interesting. You know, sometimes it, it works out. Maybe there won't be too many instructions for the players, um, you know, from from the sideline. And they can play with a bit more freedom or something. You, you never know. But I do think that of the two sides, Burnley are coming to this one healthier. Um, not just in terms of physical health, but also as a club. Uh I think that they have a healthier foundation to build on for the rest of the season than what Everton have at the moment. You mentioned, you know, they've had some decent results of late Everton um, and the players have spoken about the fighting spirit and and the togetherness that they have. And they're hoping that the fans, you know, join them in that. So, you know, if if they can continue those good, those good times, maybe it would be, um, you know, a, a good time for Rafa to, get the fans behind them finally and, and they're all driving as as one swan song but I agree with you in terms of a Burnley win I've gone with 2-0 so I, I wasn't far off from from your prediction I've gone 2-0 to to Burnley in this one and Guy let's move on to our next game to the team that is top of the table and I don't think it would be in question that they would be top of Tad's top five um, if, if that was on today but it's Man City versus Leicester. Uh, Leicester, obviously, last night they had that Carabao Cup game against Liverpool. And I, I don't only mention it, you know, to, to rub salt in Leicester's wins or anything. But the important thing for me is 
they had a really strong lineup in in that game. So they're coming up against a, a Man City side who gets a one-week break, which is very rare for Man City because they're usually involved in every tournament to close to the end, if not the end, especially Carabao Cup. I mean, they, they, they're usually in the finals, um, especially this version of Man City. But the roles are going to be reversed here. Leicester come into it having, you know, had that game against Liverpool, very emotional, physical game as well. Um, Man City will be rested, hoping, you know, that to get some of the few that 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 may have had issues in terms of niggles and stuff like that. But, Guy, it, it, is there a chance for, for Leicester in this game at the Etihad? Because I'm, I'm struggling to see one. Can you see one? No, I genuinely can't. I think even if Leicester had not everyone fit, because then it would be a, a different game, but a handful of the players who recently got injured fit, I, I'd, I'd still not say they have a chance. They've been ge- genuinely dreadful this season. Like, ninth is not disastrous for, for Leicester, but just when you watch them, they just don't have the same... I don't know, just don't have the same feeling about them when you watch Leicester in the last two, two and a half years, pretty much since Brendan got there. It, it, it just doesn't really feel like a cohesive unit at all. The defence is just dreadful, regardless who's playing in the attack. The attack just seems to fluctuate week to week, whether it's working or not. Um, yeah, it, 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 I, I agree. I think Man City, 90, 90% winning this game. Like Even Leicester's injury, like just the injuries last night, who, who went off, Sionchu, Vardy was injured at the end, I think. And Ricardo Pereira wasn't it? So I mean, that that's three big injuries there, and to bring in on people like uh, who's the big like Vestergaard? I couldn't think of his name. Uh, <laughs> Vestergaard and and Bertrand and stuff like Vestergaard's just since he's moved to Leicester, he's just been dreadful. Like I don't know why he was somewhat competent at Southampton, but Leicester he's been an awful signing. Bertrand on a free, you'd think it'd be all right, but yeah, he's, he's not. He's not great. Um, it just seems like a really mess of a club at the minute, whereas Man City, I don't think, I can't think of them missing any players at all. I think Walker's ill, and he might be back. Other than that, Torres has been out ages, and he's going to Barcelona apparently anyway, so they are not missing anyone um, at all. And yeah, it's, uh, I think this is going to, well, might be two back-to-back big results here, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go four one Man City. I think it'll be a bit of a bloodbath. So you've given a goal to Leicester, yeah, um, which is certainly more than I've given them in this game. As as I said, I I was very surprised. Well, I was surprised and not surprised uh, that they went with a strong team against Liverpool. You might as well go for a cup, you know. If if you've mm-hmm. gone this far into it and you're Leicester, you might as well make the make the most of it and try and try and get into the semis and then, you know, two games away from potentially, you know, winning a cup. So I, I get it from that perspective. Um, and considering how poor the league has gone, I think they've kind of written the league off this season. I don't think they're in danger of, you know, getting relegated or anything like that. But, you know, so rather put all the eggs in in all of the cups that, that they are involved in. So I get it from that perspective. Man City, as I said, they they now kind of get a, a little bit of time to rest, recuperate, get their minds set again for a big push. And we know when Man City go on a win win streak, they they go for usually they go for a long run. Um, and I'm anticipating something similar similar at this point in time. Um, I'd gone four nil, so I'm I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I I just think Man City are just too good at the moment, um, too machine-like it seems at the moment against a Leicester side that not only physically but emotionally might be a bit drained from that um, experience at Anfield this past midweek. But, Guy, we'll move on to a team that's not physically or emotionally drained. If anything, they're boosted by the form that they they have at the moment. You gotta trust the process, Guy Drinkle. Um there was a time there was a time when the process was a bit shaky. Um and then this process got back on track and then it kind of got off track again. But then it's back, baby. Arsenal are 
back to the team that, you know, Arteta's in charge, everything's good. Maybe they still don't like the owners, you know, but we're doing well. Top four at the moment, looking to charge ahead. Can they get top three? Can they get top two? Can they hunt down Man City? We'll soon find out. I mean, it's only 12 points, right? (laughs) But, (laughs) But look, Arsenal are in a good vibe at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So they will be expecting, you know, we've played some a few teams of late that haven't been that high caliber. It's allowed us to, in my opinion, to pad their stats as they usually do against the lesser teams. I think the issue with them is when they start facing the more tougher teams, the more established teams, you know, the Man Cities, the Liverpools, the Chelsea's, etc. That's when I see them starting to struggle as a club but for now this is a good time to get the you know get as many points as you can until you reach those hurdles if you stumble on those it's fine because their battle isn't for the league title so they don't need to win every game they just need to win every game against everyone below them which is doable i think for this arsenal side but they come up against norwich and it seems like every week i speak about norwich i'm just thinking this is an unfortunate time to play this team this is an unfortunate time to play this team and could norwich have played arsenal at a worse time like this arsenal team seems to be you know in a groove at the moment, guy. Tell, tell me you've got good news. Tell me you've got a Christmas present for Norwich fans on this podcast. Give us your best punditry that you could possibly give us, you know, for the festive period. New Norwich versus Arsenal. Tell us how Norwich are going to take this home. Uh, with zero points and a, and a sack full of coal, I think. How uh, is that a Christmas present? How it, is that a Christmas present? Because they've been on the bad list, on the naughty list. That's oh. right. Yes, um, I, 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 I can't say other than Arsenal being Arsenal. There's no logic why Arsenal should shouldn't win this game, and I'm sad to say that Norwich fans and 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 you to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, Arsenal have really found a groove. Um, the young lads have all seemingly stepping up together. Gabriel Martinelli's come into the. Uh, Coming to the side and he's scoring for fun at the minute, and yeah, he seems to give them an extra edge, especially going forward. Whereas uh, Smith Rowe's been excellent all season, so Saka Odegaard seems to be um, coming into it as well. But the, they were lacking goals. Um, obviously, Aubameyang's had his situation, which may resolve in him being sold. But I think Lacazette is probably a better fit in terms of helping them younger lads I mentioned score the goals. Lacazette himself probably won't score loads, but. Um, we're seeing it pay off for Martinelli especially um, at the minute so yeah it's I think it's bad news for Norwich and Norwich one of the teams who had one of the worst Covid outbreaks by the looks of it uh, like even on this list which obviously doesn't update every every minute and one two three four that's four Covid cases and they usually don't confirm that many and then there's another six injuries there so a team like Norwich missing 10 players potentially is 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 it's impossible for them for most teams to manage never mind Norwich um but yeah I'm I'm gonna go I'll go 3-0 Arsenal and I'm sorry I'm sorry to do but it, it's too much to overcome you know what mm. I've come to the conclusion that Guy Drinkle hates Christmas is that true, guy? I like Christmas. You even paused. You even hesitated. You see, I'm. I'm Everyone this is likes Christmas. Most person. people like Christmas, and you won't even just let the Christmas fairy tale come true. Well, you know what? Once upon a time, there was a team that was bottom of the log with ten points and two wins. <laughs> they only had four draws and they had eleven losses, and they were coming up against a team that was starting to gain momentum. A team in the top four, a team with budding young players, the likes of Martinelli and Smith Rowe. But little did they know that on Christmas Day, they'd have too much pie and they'd come up against Norwich the next day. Now on Boxing Day, Norwich was sprightly and went on to win this game to one 
Oh, what a story. Oh, I got goosebumps. Okay, so, to, Norwich will to win do this it, game 2-1. Yes. When did you write that down? Or did I you... spitballed that. That was... I don't believe you spitballed. You've... I swear to God. I swear, you've had that written down since the start of the I season. I swear to God. Since you picked Norwich as your team, you've it's had that... It's a Christmas miracle, Guy Drinkle. Just let it happen. Oh, dear. If it happens, I'd like. I'm happy for you. But at the same time, if it happens, Arsenal should sack everyone. <laughs> like, not just Arta, everyone. It's, come uh, on, Norwich. Make our dreams come true. All right. Hoping to make their fans' dreams come true after a very spicy game against Liverpool last time around. Tottenham Hotspur, they will be entertaining Crystal Palace. This is a London derby guy. Uh, Tottenham, obviously, they've had a few games that they haven't played. And, and it comes into the whole dynamic of when you haven't played quite a few games, it it looks weird where, you know, you're looking at them, you're like, oh, they're in seventh place. But you kind of double take and you see they've got three games in hand on the team that's in fourth place in Arsenal. Um, and they're only, they're only seven points behind them. So they do need, you know, two wins and a draw and, mm-hmm. and they catch up to Arsenal. Then you look at the team that's in fifth place, West Ham. They've got two games on them, and they're only two points ahead. So just one win in this game against Crystal Palace, and that kind of sees them above West Ham. And Man United also above them, having played one game more and one point ahead of them. So it, it's it's in Tottenham's hands at the moment to get into that top four position. Now... Does that then, do you think that puts more pressure or less pressure on them having to catch up on games, you know, um, and and how do you think they, they fare against the Crystal Palace side who 24 goals this season, 24 goals conceded this season? I think that sums up Crystal Palace perfectly this season. They've had good times and they've had bad times, but, you know, they're not in trouble in any way, shape or form, I don't think, this season. They currently sit... No. In 11th place, two points off of the top half of the Premier League. Talk us through Spurs versus Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, if I take my Liverpool hat off, they they played really well against Liverpool. Obviously, someone paid off the referee. Uh, (laughs) uh, um, It probably wasn't Spurs. It was Manchester City. Um, I'm joking, only kind of... um, yeah, no, Paul Tain, he's just really bad at his job. Um, yeah, I, I think Sp- I, I think Spurs are the favourites for top four. I, I always back the manager, and Conte is better than Ranić. He's better than Arteta. Who else is there? He's better than Moyes, but Moyes is doing a fantastic job, obviously. Um, yeah, I, I think Tottenham are favourites. I mean, they've got Son's probably the best player out of that lot, unless you really like Ronaldo still, um, and Kane. If he ever remembers, he's Harry Kane and not some random dude. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think they're favourites. And what what's shown against Liverpool, maybe them tactics won't work against every team um, because Liverpool obviously have a lot of the ball uh, and it'll allow the players to counter-attack. But Conte will be back in January, etc. Or he wouldn't have joined Spurs. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're favourites of the top four. And I agree, Palace will be fine. Had a, had a bit of a blip, but they'll be mostly fine. But in this game itself, I mean, it's weird. Crystal Palace was the game that kind of... I can't remember if it was the last game for Nuno. It was certainly... No, it wasn't the last. It was one of the last, I'm pretty sure. Um, and that seemed to be the, the end of him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Spurs have, have, have uh, progressed since then. I think Spurs will win because, as, as we said, they, they need to they need to win to, to get up in, in the top four and take advantage of their games in hand. I... I think it'll be tight game, a uh, quite a tight game because uh, Spurs do have sloppiness in them. So do Palace a, smith, a, a wee bit, but I don't think they both neither team are, are huge goal scorers. So I, I'll go two one Spurs. Yep, I think you know you've summed it up pretty perfectly, and I had the exact same score two one. Uh, Spurs, so it's good to see the harmony is truly well and good at the moment. I think, you know, from a Spurs perspective, I think obviously 
they wouldn't have had time to be on the training pitch physically with the coach. And, and so it's not like they've just had free training session for the month of December because their games have been postponed. Um, but it, it has given, you know, any players that may have had niggles and stuff like that, that that may be something that allows them to recover. But, you know, they, they had that midweek game against West Ham in the Carabao Cup and they, they did ring some changes. Some were forced, some um, were just, you know, in the, in the course of getting everyone back to, to peak fit, fitness, not having played so often. And, you know, it was a dogged performance. And if anything, Conte is giving them a bit of fight. And maybe not that f- aggressive type of fight that we we you know that that we would have seen from Spurs in past years that kind of has disappeared a little bit. With Conte, Conte is not going to allow them not to fight, and you can see the players slowly buying into that a little bit more. Conte uh, will fight them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if they don't, Conte would would. I, I bet you Conte will put some boots on and get in there in in midfield or whatever. But um, I think. I, I do think that, you know, this game, it's going to be a very, very tough game for both teams because of the sloppiness that both teams have at the back. Um, and as you mentioned, it's just who has the players to capitalize on it. Uh, I think Spurs come up good on this one. But, you know, we've seen Gallagher have performances. I'm sure he'd love to have a performance against Spurs in this one, you know, give give a good shop window look to his parent club Chelsea um but guy we'll move on to the team that Spurs did play in midweek in the Carabao Cup obviously Spurs winning that game 2-1 um it's West Ham they entertain Southampton now guy you you've you've mentioned David Moyes and how well they've done this season is is this that point in time where he kind of has to drag out results because to me, West Ham aren't looking that pretty. They're, they're certainly not the West Ham that we saw maybe, let's say, October, November time when it looked like they were really starting to hum. Um, to me, this is where Moyes needs to just figure out a way to win games. And it's easier said than done, sat in a chair, you know. But just get wins on the board and then we'll figure out how to make it look pretty a little bit later down in the season. But at the moment, it seems they're in a bit of a blip and... If they're not able to wrestle out of that, I can see, you know, the likes of Arsenal, Spurs, Man United just starting to not only jump them, but then pull away from them in that top four race when West Ham have already done so much work um, this this season to, to get in a favorable position. And then on the other side, we've got Southampton, who obviously first and foremost goes without saying best dressed manager on the touchline at the moment Absolutely. Uh, in, in, in Hasenhutter, you got to love the, the, the waistcoat. I, I think he's, he's bringing it every week and it, it would be a shame to see him go just, you know, because the fashion, the fashion standard of the premier league might go off a cliff. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the likes of Klopp with those track suits with the hat, the, cl- the club official hat. He needs, I don't to, know what, he needs to up his game. I do agree. I, I don't know. I don't know what is going on there with that. But anyway, um, unfortunately, unfortunately for Southampton, the dress sense doesn't necessarily guarantee wins. They've only got three wins so far this season. Whole lot of draws and eight draws there. And then the six losses, obviously, just to round everything up. But, Guy, what are we thinking? What are we thinking for for Southampton in this game against West Ham? As I said, a West Ham side who are in a bit of a blip. Is Is this a good time for Southampton to be playing them? I mean... Southampton haven't won in a while, but if if there's any time to play West Ham, I'd be saying I want to play them now. Yeah, I think I think you're perfectly right there. I think West Ham. I think Antonio's a doubt, and three of the usual back fours injured quite long termish. I think uh, maybe four. Uh, Kufal's suspended, so it is genuinely all of the usual back four that is unavailable. Um, so yeah, it's probably the perfect time for, for Southampton to. Uh, to play West Ham, like I, I think Dawson and um, Diop are, are quite good backups. To be fair, but they don't really have a backup for Creswell because Masuaka can't really play left back, and, and Creswell brings brings some unique stuff like playing out from the back, and obviously he's really good from uh, set pieces and, and and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough time for West Ham. I think I think maybe you'll see. 
I think they might need a couple things in, in, in January. Obviously, Ogbonna's out for pretty much the season, so centre-back might be one of them. Um, and the the backup to Antonio's have been an issue for, for a while now since um, Palais left. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe a couple things for, for West Ham in January might give, give them a, a helping hand in terms of the top four race. But in terms of this game itself... It, as we say, it's a really good opportunity for Southampton. I think it might be a bit tight and and a bit boring affair. I think the goals is what's been the problem for Southampton. Although, um, I think it's Armando. Uh, Broya, on loan from Chelsea, he looks like an excellent prospect. Um, Adam Armstrong's injured. Uh, che Adams is... Oh, no, Che Adams is back by the looks of it. So that might help. Obviously, Southampton don't have a goalkeeper at the minute. They have to get Caballero in, so... Issues for both. I I might bottle out and go for a draw just to annoy you today. Um, <laughs> but I do think that is genuinely the most legit score. I'm I'm, I'm going to go one all. I think it'll be a, a bit of a tight, cagey affair. I think this one. We were doing so well, guy. I know we were doing so well. well. I, I'll, I'll add this on for a little bit, but I think Southampton may be more likely to win the game. Oh, nice! But I'll stick with the one one, the one all. That's the thing, though. Like Southampton, so many times this season, I, I, I look at a game and I'm like, oh, a draw would be a decent result for them. Um, I mean, if you look at West Ham, where they are this season, what they've done this season, you know, the, the caliber of teams that they've beaten, a draw away to West Ham isn't a bad result. But Southampton are getting to that stage where they have to win some of these harder games now. It it can't always be, oh, it's a good result because you then start falling closer and closer to that relegation zone if you don't start picking up the odd wins in this one. And we gave Norwich the Christmas special. We gave them the Christmas present. We're going to throw one to Southampton this one. I'm going to go with the one you were too scared to suggest. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Southampton win in this one. I think it's the perfect time for them to be playing West Ham. I agree with you in terms of, you know, in attack, they seem to have found something in Porter. Like, there's something there. Um, Absolutely. And, I'd take them at Liverpool in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and which was one of their bigger problems this season was replacing those Danny Ings goals. Um, you know, Armstrong's come in, he's done an admirable job, but he needed help there as well. If if you can get the two of them going, there could be something there. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to give a present there to Southampton. I reckon 2-1 to Southampton in this one. In Would that classify as the upset of the weekend then? Probably based on predictions well, so far. Norwich, certainly Norwich in our situation. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Norwich are giant killers, okay? I, I don't know if it's much of an upset. It, uh, fair, fair. Fine, fine, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> Aston Villa versus Chelsea. Um, your boy, Steven Gerrard has started the campaign quite well at Aston Villa. Uh, can he do... Is, is it still considered doing Liverpool a favour if he if he's able to take points off of Chelsea? Uh, how do you see that from that dynamic? Um, obviously, Chelsea's two points behind Liverpool at the moment in the table. But from my perspective, Liverpool, it's it's win the league or bust, in inverted commas, in the sense that these three teams are likely going to finish as the top three. I don't see anyone catching them. So they're all going to be, you know, if if we don't win the league, whether we come second or third, does it really matter? You're still getting the Champions League, maybe a couple of million, you know, less than you would have if you that, finished that third. That matters to Liverpool, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter the other two. We, we need the pennies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but talk us through Aston Villa versus uh, Chelsea. Yeah, in terms of doing Liverpool a favour, I think it absolutely does, to be fair. I think, I mean, we're all on the same games playing. As you say, we're, we're three points ahead of Chelsea. So if if we can, if they lose ground or lose more ground on us, um, dropping points here, and we've got to play a lead side, we don't know when we will play that lead side in, in this same game week. Um, but Liverpool will be favourites for that. Leeds may be in a better situation Liverpool may be in a worse one but you'd still expect Liverpool to win that game so yeah it'd be it'd be good for that um it's doing the league of it nobody like nobody likes Chelsea <laughs> uh 
Uh, well, maybe some people, maybe Chelsea fans do. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, but yeah, Chelsea are struggling. I know the one in the uh, League Cup last night, but it seemed to be a struggle by what I've heard and and took an own goal and stuff like that. So obviously the attack hasn't really clicked, and obviously missing a few people, but. So, so are Aston Villa going off this thing. Nine people, mix of injury and illness again, so God knows what what their team will look like. Um, let's have a look at the Chelsea one. That's probably more important. All their strikers are ill, <laughs> which has been the case. So, yeah, I'm at, I think this one might be a bit boring. I think we've seen Villa in, in the games against bigger teams. I mean, the Liverpool game was... Boring. <laughs> it was dreadful. It's a dreadful game of football. But they did they did play quite well uh, second half against City, and maybe Chelsea's attacking wars may let off let Gerard take the handbrake off a bit with with with, uh, with Villa. But we obviously don't know who will be fit. But um, I think it might be similar to the Wolves game last week for Chelsea. I think it might be another frustrating draw. I think that Villa will set up defense first. I'm gonna go. I might go nil nil. Oh, guy! Yeah, proper back dreadful to back get, draws. A dreadful back to back draws. But Chelsea can't attack, and Villa won't want to attack. <laughs> um, what are you doing? To I know. Me, man? I'm sorry. The next game will be good though. Oh, whatever. All right. Um, You're gonna predict oh, the draw. That hurts. No, <laughs> yes, I'm not. You are. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, look, uh, Chelsea, it, it is that strike force that's been targeted a lot with, you know, the injuries slash COVID issues there. Um, and, and it's trying to figure out a way to get goals into the team. I mean, the likes of Mason Mount will then become very important for this game. But they've got players that they can move around. The likes of Pulisic could play up top. Um, you know, at a stretch, you know, they, they've got, at the very least, they've got a big enough squad to try and adjust things. I think the unfortunate thing for Chelsea has been, and, and I think it's something that people then maybe don't look at too deeply in the sense of they'll look at the amount of players Chelsea have and say, well, you know, you got 500 players, your game shouldn't be cancelled. You know, look at the lineup that they put last week after they were hoping for it to get cancelled. But I think from, Tuchel's perspective and from the Chelsea perspective, the biggest issue is a lot of those players won't be match fit. A lot of those players will be risking injuries by starting in these games, you know, and and starting them cold and and being asked to play at the intensity Mm -hmm. that they do play at and stuff like that. And obviously, it's a first world problem type of situation. I get it, but it is a problem nonetheless. And I think that's what Chelsea have been trying to deal with at the moment is getting players up and running who would not ordinarily be required to be up and running at this point in time. But fortunately for them, I suppose, the caliber of that player is really, really high. So we'll see if they can get them going in this game. I, I like what Gerard's doing at Villa. Um, before he came into Villa, I you know, kind of gave a brief summary of what to expect from him at Villa. And it's slowly starting to get implemented. The fact that he he's going to make them very hard to beat in limiting the amount of shots that they're going to be facing. Um, he likes to have those inverted wingers that support the, that. That's where he then gets the bodies to support in attack with that attacking midfielder being that third, you know, third or fourth person in, you know, coming into the box. Um, um, defensively, they'll funnel people out wide and then, you know, deal with the aerial balls that come in very competently, especially when you got the likes of Mings. That, that's perfect for Mings. Don't, don't ask him to be defending one on one out wide when he's been pulled out wide by, you know, forwards and stuff. Let him be in the box. Let everything be in front of him and, and, and he can do really well. And Gerard identifying that kind of stuff. Is very impressive, um, and I say Gerard as um, as the the face that's in front of that entire backroom staff team. Because if 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 anything, that's the one thing that I've always heard about under Gerard's management is he's got a really good backroom staff. People are always impressed with the backroom staff that he does have there. So credit to him. If if it if it's the case of you know 
I may not be at that level yet, but at least I'm going to surround myself with people that know what they're doing. He's he's doing a smart job there. Um, <laughs> I'm going with a 1-0 Chelsea loss. Uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But uh, I just think you mentioned the trouble that they have up front. And I don't know if they're going to be able to solve it in this game. I think Aston Villa are going to make it a very, very dull game, as you've mentioned. I wasn't surprised with your nil-nil, although I'm I'm disappointed in it. Um, But yeah, I'm going to go with, I think, Aston Villa sneak a 1-0 win. Similar to how they played against Liverpool, very compact, looking to break with the likes of Ollie Watkins. Um, and, you know, in that game, Gerard certainly felt that, you know, they should have won that game. And, and certainly some some fans thought that Aston Villa should have won that game. So we'll see if they can pull it off this time around. But Guy, we'll go to your team of the season last season in Brighton. They entertained the new guys, Brentford, who were the Brighton of this season until both teams kind of lost senses of identity and 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 I, I don't know where it went wrong for both teams but they find themselves in 12th and 13th respectively uh Brentford in 12th Brighton in 13th place so they're right next to each other equal on points it's only goal difference that's separating the two of them <sighs> are Brighton going to break this curse of not winning games hmm i don't know I don't. Let's have a look. You Brent, won't even give a Christmas miracle to Brighton, the team you you you, I don't you know. fell in love with last season. I think it's a good opportunity for them, but they don't score goals. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. Let's have a look. Morpe's back. I think he had COVID. Yes. I think this is from midweek when they were meant to play, so they might have had a, a extra half a week to like. <laughs> not just Get be back. not just be back from in uh, illness, so that might be good for them actually. Um, hmm. Ah, screw it! I gotta back my boys, haven't I? Even though I gotta back, gotta boys. back. Even though Basuma suspended, which isn't good. Um, we always go with this scoreline for Brighton, and it's going to be three two to Brighton. No, <laughs> no goals, no goals. But when I when I predict they do goals. Morpé is going to come back. He's going to be rested. He's going to be scared because January's around the corner, and they're going to be like, "Ooh, we might actually sign a striker this window." Um, let's let's do it. Three two Brighton. Danny Welbeck's back. Costa going to score goals. Three two Brighton. Let's go. Brighton in a big spot. Yes. Three two wins let's against go. Brentford. I love it. Um, obviously Brentford. They've also been just riddled with injuries this season, and and that explained a lot of you know some of the bad run that they did have. But um, I've not gone as high as you. I've not gone as high as you. Um, this is back to back one nils for me. Uh, I went one nil to Brighton just because they're going to break the curse. But there's no way they're breaking the curse by scoring three goals. It's going to be it's going to be a squeaky bum. If they if they win, <laughs> we need to figure out if the last time they won is when I was on a podcast. Because I might be the key. <laughs> don't let that, don't let other teams hear that. They'll ban yeah. you from the podcast. Um, okay, guys, let, let's finish this off. Let's finish this off. We've got Newcastle versus Man United to end off the Boxing Day fixtures. Now, obviously, um, Newcastle, they're in 19th place at the moment. Three losses in a row. You know, that 4-0 loss to, New- to Man City last time around, obviously refereeing decision in that one as well surprise surprise but they're coming up against man united side who kind of flip what newcastle have done in that man united have had three wins in a row so ranyak's you know at the wheel can, can we use that same terminology no, well, well, I, okay no <laughs> whatever ranyak's doing well he's doing it uh three wins Obviously, the 3-2 against Arsenal, and Arsenal are playing well at the moment we mentioned. Um, They then had that 1-0 win against Crystal Palace, and then another 1-0 win against Norwich. But um, what what do we reckon? Like, it's an away game. It's it's a Boxing Day game in Tyneside. I don't know if there could be a more fun game. It's the 27th. The hangovers will be cured by then. <laughs> oh, no. Is it the 27th? It is the 20th. This is the only one on the 27th. 
of course they're just going to take all the fun out of it, yeah. aren't they? They're Not, really going to do that. It's too late for Christmas miracles, I'm afraid, Newcastle. Ah, uh, Boxing Day presents? Do you, do you do that? Do you give Boxing Day gifts? No, that's what Christmas falls. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have, do you have what's, what do you call it, a Boxing Day box? Do you know what that is? I if you'll you tell me and I'll know what it is. <laughs> where where you? No, I might be butchering this. But I've heard you, I've heard that you, term. You, I don't you, know what it is though. You would the first person like the when you see someone that's a friend for the first mm. time on Boxing Day, the first one to say Boxing Day box gets paid money by the other person. Okay, so it's okay. kind of like a race to to be the first one to say it between friends. And then you have to pay the other person or buy them a coke or whatever. No, I've ne- I've heard of bo- I've heard of boxing. I've never heard that version. I've heard other versions of that, but not that one. I don't like. Okay, that. I don't want to pay people. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Anyway, Newcastle versus Man United. A little bit of the fun has been taken out of it after hearing that it is. Um, the day after Boxing Day. But, Guy, I, I'm going to stand with, okay, festive season game on Tyneside. It should be a fun occasion. Mm, have you seen Newcastle play lately? Maybe fun for Man United fans. <laughs> <laughs> nice journey up north. It's a bit cold. Can laugh at the rivals because Man United are winning this game. Like, Newcastle have been complaining about Ref, de- ref decisions recently. You haven't even played Man United yet. Imagine the chaos they're going to do. And who, who's the referee? That's probably a key one. Who's going to get butchered in Newcastle? Does it say on the Premier League website? It does not. Which is very useful. Um, but anywho, yeah, I mean, I don't think United have been that that good under Ranić, to be honest. I mean, Norwich, they kind of got away with it because Norwich can't score goals. Palace should have at least scored against them. Um, I think Jordan Ayew missed a goal just literally before uh, United scored that one. And Carrick was the Arsenal game, and that's Arsenal. So Arsenal, Arsenal. How many times can I say Arsenal? But people understand it's Arsenal. Um, yeah, this would. I think this would be more a miracle than the Norwich one. To be honest, Man United rested. They've got Ronaldo and all that jazz, but yeah, it's. Newcastle are just really bad. Like I can see the process. At, at, well, Burnley are Burnley. They're Sean Dykes. They do, they will survive. New Norwich, I can see the. They've obviously don't have the financial power of pretty much anyone else in the Premier League. But Newcastle, I know they've gone through the flux of the new owners and new manager, etc. Oh, Jesus Christ, that defense is dreadful. The midfield's unbalanced. Attacks looking better under Eddie Howe, but. Yeah, no, it's I just genuinely I know they have the money and stuff to do it now, but I think Newcastle would have to buy basically an entire new spine by maybe the goalkeeper to to stay up. I I think that that kind of screwed. I I just don't think I don't think there's much there at all. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go new. I almost predicted Newcastle win. I'm gonna go Manchester United. <laughs> 4-1. Ooh. Wow. That's, yeah, that's being, that's big, being that's kind. A, that, that's a big call. 4-1 to Man United. I mean, but you mentioned there they've had the the, the, couple, the odd 1-0 wins in their previous games under um, Ralph now. For them to jump to 4-1, that, that would be impressive from their perspective. It's and more about Newcastle New than Man United. Way. It's more about Fair. Newcastle. Fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, from my perspective, I think for this specific game, um, Newcastle being able to counter against Man United, they should find some joy. I'm not happy with the way United play in you know in transition defense. Um, and although Newcastle like to play with the ball a lot more, I think I think Eddie Howe will allow United to kind of get on the front foot and, and they can try and pick them off on the counter-attack. I mean, when they played Liverpool and they're sort of, you know, St. Maximan up top um, 
and and we just try and be clinical on the counterattacks. If they can employ that kind of strategy against Man United, it I think that could work well for them. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a game of two teams that want the other team to have the ball so that they can counter on them, um, which then makes it not so fun for viewing. But hopefully, Man United go for it. They, they'll be targeting guys for one goal prediction so they'll be going for it and Newcastle will be then perfectly suited to try and counter them and, and go for a, a goals on the counter attack I think it, it it's it got to end off with that 3-2 that you predicted for the Brighton Ooh. game guy because it, it's gonna be a fun game in Tyneside I can't see a festive game in Tyneside not ending in a fun way it ends off the festive period it leaves everyone in good footing heading into the new year obviously they're Constantly games being added to Premier League um, fixtures and all of that stuff. But a perfect way to end it. And and you know what? It, it's going to be a United win. So there will be heartbreak for well, the Newcastle Well, they're both United. So, yeah, it will be. <laughs> a Man United win. Yeah, that, that's that's sitting on the fence there with a United win shout there. But uh, a Man United 3-2 win for that one. And it would be, um, I think it would be a nice present for neutral fans to end off um the festive period, the Boxing Day fixtures. And guys, if 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 you are one of those people that have kind of forgotten that it's Christmas, like Guy Drinkle, and you haven't quite figured out presents for everyone yet, and you, you've gotten to the point where it's probably not going to get delivered in time, so it's going to have to be a present that they can either, you know, download software, you know, or, or something. Well, it's a simple fix. Just just link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield, because they are a VPN provider, and you can get all sorts of awesome stuff from LibertyShield.com. Um, you can check out their services, as I mentioned, at LibertyShield.com. And then, because it's the festive period, because your boy is going to hook you up, save with the new coupon code Liberty uh, for Liberty Shield. It's EPL599. That code, once again, is EPL599. This one is valid until the 31st of January. It will discount a monthly software subscription bought on Liberty Shield website by £5.99, which means you only get, you know, you, you get your standard 48 hours free trial, um, which always comes with Liberty Shield, which is an awesome, awesome thing. And then your first month of your VPN for only £1. Uh, it will obviously revert back to the full price of £6.99 per month after month one, but you can log in and cancel at any time before the full subscription kicks in. Guys, Liberty Shield has awesome features, including privacy and security. You can uh, obviously hide your IP address from anyone. That includes hackers. Um, that's done by encrypting your internet traffic. You can avoid geo blocks. I mean, obviously, Boxing Day, a lot of 3 p.m. kickoffs. If you want to watch those games, just link up with Liberty Shield. I just search for whatever game I want to watch, and it's always going to be on my TV because I that's that's just what they do. Um, it also prevents, you know, government-imposed restrictions to access any website. Guy, I don't think I can think of a of a better late Christmas present where you don't have to worry about, you know, is this going to be delivered in time? Then Liberty Shield. Uh, I, I assume you agree. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I don't have the codes, but there's also stuff on Etsy. If you let's call it a New Year gift, <laughs> uh, I don't have the codes. But if you listen, go listen to Two Footed and, and Dave struggles through them every every afternoon. Uh, so yeah, awesome. check them out. Awesome stuff. Yeah. So plug to EPLindex.com. Um, they also are the presenting. Sp- Sponsors, along with Liberty Shield. And then, guys, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget to go and get your game week predictions in. Um, obviously, if you go to EPLindex.com stroke predictions, you stand a chance to win. All you have to do is get your game week predictions in each week. If you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21-2022 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 gift voucher for EPL Index shop, um, EPLindex.com shop uh and then you also stand to win a cash prize of 300 pounds that is pretty awesome you could probably put that into your kitty for next christmas or you could just blow it all up in one night um 
I'm not judging. You do with it what you want. Uh, from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield. So a huge thank you to Liberty Shield for putting up that prize for us. Um, Guy, you've mentioned two-footed podcast with Dave Hendrick. That's each day. Uh, I'm assuming their show is going out every day, despite it being the festive period. There's also the EPL roundtable with Kev DeVries, where he sits down with panelists from respective EPL teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. You can go check out your boy. I was on it two weeks ago, if you want to go back that far. And and it was kind of the early parts of would the Premier League be breaking for, you know, a, a, just a circuit breaker lockdown in the Premier League or not. We discussed those things along with some some of my extended thoughts on you know, what's going on with Liverpool this season. So if you do want to listen to that, definitely go and check that out. But otherwise, do go check it out in any case, even, you know, the episodes that I'm not on. Um, guys, anything you want to plug, put over, promote before we wrap up? Yeah, I, I, I Friday show tomorrow on Two Footed, so I'll be, ho- well, kind of hosting Dave um, when he does his predictions. He got a few League Cup ones in midweek, right? So now he's he's all he's all up in oh, it. Oh, he's up. the biggins. Yeah, so we need to bring him back to earth, where he's obviously going to predict Arsenal to beat Norwich, which is obviously a mistake. Oh, boo! Aye, boo. what a disgrace! Boo. Uh, Liverpool side of stuff, Anfield Index Pro. Uh, we did the post match of the mad free all and then penalties. With Norwich, which was fun. Um, so yeah, if you're a Liverpool fan, go check that out. It was live on Discord. Uh, but yeah, if you listen to AI pods, the Discord stuff's there. Um, yep. Yeah, so that's it for me. Just them two. Awesome stuff, guys. Have a very, very merry Christmas. Hope Norwich bring lots of presents to Norwich fans this festive period. Have a festive period. You know, however you are celebrating it. Um, spend time with your loved ones if you can. Hug them, hold them close, and have a good. Festa Priya, we will see you in the next round of fixtures. But I've been Tadio Chinakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. The guy that um, was our producer, he's usually behind the glass. He was in front of the mic, Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And remember, Chisinga Perry. Take it away by Wicks. Let's see sports social podcast network <laughs>